Hello and welcome to Kaplan's NCLEX PrepCast, brought to you by KaplanNursing.com, which offers prep courses and prep products for both the NCLEX RN and the NCLEX PN examinations. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about a particular nursing nursing specialty and what is our first of a nursing specialty series. And in this episode, we're going to be talking all about integrative medicine. What is it all about? How you can get into this field and why you should be interested in this nursing specialty. And on the show with us today, we have a, uh, a repeat guest who's been on the show many times, whose name is Susan Bennis. Just to refresh your memory for anyone who has not listened to the previous podcast episodes with Susan, first of all, definitely want to do that because she has had some amazing uh, discussions with us uh, regarding all things nursing. But uh, Susan has been a, a nurse for uh, about 35 years and has been uh, an educator for uh, almost the, that entire length, uh, over 32 years, and has been an NCLEX instructor uh, with Kaplan for uh, six, almost seven years. So she is a, a great wealth of knowledge, and I want to welcome her back onto the show. How are you doing, Susan? I am doing so well. Thank you for having me, Matt. I'm excited to be here. And we're excited to have you back, too. Thank you for coming back onto the show. How has everything been since uh, we last had you on the show? You know what? We're making it through flu season in all of the clinics, and hopefully everybody else is out there as well. But uh, it has been quite a year for the flu. Yeah, I heard in certain areas that they're even running out of Tamiflu. Is that, yes. uh, are you still stocked up there or is that? You know, it is really kind of catch as catch can. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of the pharmacies are running out of it because, you know, you have to treat not only that patient, but their known contacts. So it's, uh, you know, we're trying to get ahead of this thing. But I know the hospitals here in our area are running out of room. They've set up mm -hmm. tents. So. Oh no. Well, let's <coughs> hope bad. we get let's hope we get through the season. I have watched so many people get the flu around me and somehow I haven't gotten it yet. Let's hope it stays that way. <laughs> it would, this would be the year of all the years just the way it's been going. So uh well we'll we'll hope that things turn around for the better uh if pretty soon uh, and that flu season comes to an end quickly. Um but uh I think that that might be a good transition to talking about integrative medicine, which I know is our topic for today. So exactly. before we uh, dive into it, uh, for those who are listening who might not have heard about uh, integrative medicine or might not know what it is, and even, you know, I have limited knowledge of this, so I'm even personally curious if you could talk a little bit about what integrative medicine is all about. So integrative medicine is, is an emerging field. It, it's, it's been around actually for quite some time um, in a number of names um, and under a number of headings, but, and we'll talk about that in just a, a minute, but the definition that has emerged is that integrative medicine is the practice of medicine that reaffirms the importance of the relationship between the practitioner and the patient. And that's key. It is that relationship between the practitioner and the patient first and foremost. So on one level, that's how it is integrative. Um, it is not a top-down, I'm the doctor, I'm the nurse practitioner, you're the patient, you're going to do what I tell you to do. It isn't like that at all. It's a partnership between the patient and between the practitioner. This is something that nursing has espoused um, as one of our core values for so many years and <clears throat> it, and really holds dear in our um, code of ethics is that that relationship between patient 
and provider. Um, so more so than that, then um, integrative medicine focuses on the whole person. Again, a nursing, a nursing um, concept and something that we hold dear. Um, the practice of integrative medicine is informed by evidence and makes use of all appropriate therapeutic approaches, um, healthcare professionals, and disciplines to achieve optimal health and healing. And so as you think about that, this really um, has a huge growth um, in er, Genesis, you know, as in, in, in nursing. Um, these are just concepts that nurses have long held dear in our belief system. So we're looking at the whole person, um, informed by evidence, and looking at the entire healthcare team. So those are things that nurses have been doing in all of our education. So it's a natural fit for many nurses to go into integrative medicine. Really interesting. And I like that I the word used about partnership and it's I know something that's and sometimes and you know I definitely want to talk about sort of the differences between this and traditional medicine but it's uh, like you said it's often that top-down approach so it's uh, it's great to hear about uh, in a field that is really all about the the 360 degree uh, approach and building those relationships so I guess it, it's I could tell you're passionate about it what first I mean, how'd you first hear about it? What's your, and what's your experience in, uh, in this field and why'd you pick this specialty? Well, you know, really patients are driving this and the, the trends in healthcare are that the patient is becoming much, much more well-informed. And as you mentioned, I'm an educator, but I'm also a practitioner and, in, in, in several busy clinics, and my area of specialty is integrative medicine, um, and, and patients who are, and people, not all are patients, clients, what, whatever we may want to call them, are so much more informed these days. So the internet is available um, with massive in, you know, information just at their fingertips, some of it good information, some of it not so good information. So I like that in our definition of integrative medicine, um, we have informed by evidence because there is a lot of um, quackery and half truth out there. So um, <clears throat> things that, that we think might work, um, we really do need to um, adhere to scientific principles as we're rolling this out to our patients. Um, and, and really what's driving this is patient information and the patients really wanting to be um, in, more involved in their healthcare and, and stay well longer instead of just living longer. Do you find that there's more interaction? Uh, are, are people coming for just when they are, you know, for an annual physical and say, uh, you know, if, if they get sick? Or do you find that there's more of an ongoing relationship between the client and the, uh, the practitioner? It's a little bit of both. Some patients come because they have something that's going on with them that has been overlooked 
by mainstream medical science. Um, oftentimes I get patients that come in to see me in the clinic and the first thing they start doing when I say, you know, let's sit down and I want to listen to what's going on with you. They just start crying. Um, sometimes people are just, they've been blown off by everybody else. People think that they're crazy, um, that they're making up symptoms, you know, because oftentimes these aren't your just real straightforward, um, you know, cookie cutter patients. Uh, they have an awful lot of things going on with them and, and it takes some time to get to the root cause of what's going on. You can certainly treat the symptoms, but that's not going to treat the root cause of what's going on and they'll just remain getting sick. And as we know, sick people get sicker. Mm -hmm. So that, that in and of itself takes some time to, to dial that back and unwind it. So I tell my patients, this is sort of like peeling back the layers of an onion. And, and we go one at a time. Certainly we treat the acute phase and that may be done with prescription medicine or something that's a little bit more mainstream. But um, as we are addressing that acute phase, we're supporting the patient and their functioning body systems to then dial that back to more optimal functioning. That's really interesting. Uh, and it would make sense that those who have tried, you know, to, to figure out what those root causes are and have found not, not much success in the traditional route would go to uh, something that is, in this case, a little bit new, uh, you know, integrative medicine. Uh, I know it's been around for a while, but something that's a little bit different than the traditional approach. Uh, and I believe that you have your own practice in this. Is that correct? I do. So what, what, I'm oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> I'll say what led you to, uh, to start that and uh, could you tell us a little bit about it? Well, you know, I've been a nurse for a long time and this is probably not for the beginning practitioner, um, to do as a solo practitioner. And again, I do work with other physicians and nurse practitioners as I, as I look at this, um, practice. So if you have, you know, spent some time with a med surge background, a cardiovascular background, um, diabetes and, and, um, all the cardiometabolic issues that, that I've seen over the years, and then starting to put that into perspective of how do we prevent this? And then when somebody comes to you that's ill, how do we really get to the root cause of what's going on with them? Uh, many times this is a gut health issue. They have destroyed their GI system. Um, most of the neurotransmitters, certainly about 80 to 90% of the serotonin that is formed in the body actually is formed in the GI tract. So if we have an unhealthy gut, guess what? We might have some depression. Um, yeah, the, the brain and the GI tract are formed in the, uh, with the same neural tube uh, as a fetus. And so we, we call the gut the lower brain. You know, when you have butterflies in your stomach, you actually feel them, you know, in your abdominal cavity there. Um, or when you have a gut feeling about something, you actually have that feeling in your abdominal cavity. You have, you have that feeling in your gut. Um, and so those are the same neurons and dendrites um, that are in your brain, but they just don't rationalize things. So it's, it's a powerful system and there's a huge feedback loop um, between the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system and the gut and the brain. It's, it's pretty fascinating when you get to that. But if you're not eating properly or you have leaky gut syndrome, 
if you have gluten sensitivities, if you have um, <clears throat> any myriad of inflammatory things going on in your GI tract, your brain is likely also going to be on fire as well. Super interesting. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really interesting topic. So I guess, you know, like you said, it is this this whole approach with integrated medicine is a little bit different than the traditional primary care approach. So I'm curious to know what some of those differences are, and maybe how you approach integrative medicine in your own practice. So, so when somebody comes in to see you in terms of primary care, let's look and say, okay, somebody is sick with the flu. Um, can you get sick with the flu and you're optimally healthy? You can. Um, how sick you get from the flu. Uh, for some people who have robust immune systems, they sneeze, they have a day of feeling a little bit, you know, unhealthy, and then they're okay. Um, for other people, it becomes a fatality um, if their immune system, certainly we know that with the very young or the very old or the immunocompromised, you know, people are dropping, um, you know, all over the country and passing away from the flu, their immune system is overwhelmed. So if somebody comes into me and says, you know, hey, I've got the flu, um, what are some of the things that we can do to support their immune system? And there are a number of modalities. And we say, you know, traditional medicine might be um, Tamiflu, I call that more mainstream medicine. Um, and certainly, I think Tamiflu might be appropriate for certain people, um, but for other people, it might not. And what can we do to support their immune system? People with a healthy immune system can generally fight most viruses. Um, there are other things that we can do um, to support that immune system using plant-based medicine and also some other, you know, mainstream therapies. But when you talk about traditional um, medicine, some of this traditional medicine is thousands of years old. Um, one of the main things that you can do is, is reishi mushrooms, um, which has its roots in Chinese medicine, probably in texts two to 3,000 years old. Um, it's been used uh, with great success. And uh, now there's lots of evidence with reishi mushrooms um, and breast cancer. So those are now emerging on PubMed. And in fact, the NIH has the National Center for Complementary and Alternative Medicine um, or National Center for in Complementary and Integrative Medicine. And so it's looking more at those peer-reviewed studies and addressing now integrative medicine, which means, you know, are we using all of the modalities, which used to be called complementary and alternative medicine. Now we're getting away from those terms. So, Interesting. Yeah, it's just integrative. What works best? And, and one size does not fit all. One size does not fit all for medicine. Yeah, and I like how you're saying uh, it's really taking that personalized approach. And of course, new two people are the same. Uh, and even like you gave the example of with the flu, different people have different uh, immune systems. And so they're going to respond differently and their bodies are going to react differently to to that, uh, to that virus. And, you know, we see that just anecdotally in people that we know, some people will get it to get the flu terribly. Uh, and then others will, will get it. And like you said, just, you know, some sneezing, maybe a day of feeling off and then they're back to, uh, feeling better, uh, within just a couple of days. 
back to uh, optimal. Yeah. Would you say that uh, diagnostic procedures differ in integrative medicine? In some ways, yes. So in more mainstream medicine, um, when I'm looking at somebody who's come in for just a, an, an initial workup, um, you know, let's look at the tried and true thyroid test. Um, most providers have been taught treat to TSH. Um, I will usually only see just TSH or thyroid stimulating hormone. Um, they do not address or even look at. I'm, I'm lucky if I get a, a T4 level or almost never get a T3 or free T3, certainly never get a reverse T3, um, never look at thyroid um, autoantibodies, you know, all those kinds of things. I look at initially if somebody has come and presented to me with symptoms that look like they may have some hyper or hypothyroidism. Um, let's look at that more complete picture. I also look at hormone um, levels for testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, sex hormone binding globulin, um, you know, prolactin, FSH, and LH levels for all of my patients. You know, especially if they're looking at some muscle wasting or some, you know, estrogen is one of those very pro-inflammatory um, and can cause a lot of moodiness. Low estrogen, low progesterone has a lot of issues with sleep. Um, muscle wasting, certainly with testosterone. Um, people with low testosterone had, tend to be um, more prone to um, osteoporosis and certainly also estrogen. Um, so the, the goal here of therapy is to optimize thyroid hormone levels, um, get cell function working, working properly again, and then address some of the androgens and estrogens and get those back in balance. Um, most of the time I find that I can get people off of their ambience, off of their sleep meds, um, off of their SSRIs or antidepressant medicines. Um, most people were not um, born with, um, you know, a, yeah, you know, ambient deficiency. So, um, you know, let's look and see why folks are not sleeping well. Is it melatonin? Is it cortisol? And those are all diagnostic tests that I look at. And once we have that, and then how is that going through the day? I will either look at a four point salivary or urinary test and say, and, and some of my best friends, you know, are drug reps. And I am actually a speaker for one of the drug companies. Um, one of the meds, few meds that I really like um, on a, on a long-term chronic basis, but um, you know, short-term they're fine, but long-term I think we are seeing more and more that, that uh, long-term prescription medications have a lot of drug interactions and a lot of adverse side effects. So to the extent that we can support the body with those medications short-term and then gradually improve cell function of whatever organ system is not working properly and then wean people off of their prescription medications, that's better. And that's diet, it's lifestyle, um, it is, is, you know, some feedback, cognitive behavior, exercise, things of that nature. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, 
thinking from, you know, going from diagnostic now to treatment, do you find, obviously it sounds like there are some differences for the average person. Do you find that the treatment is different than what it would be for uh, in traditional medicine? Absolutely. Again, we support during the acute phase with some more mainstream prescription medications. If people are open to that, I have some patients who absolutely will not take medications at all. Um, They're looking at, you know, they're not interested in statins. They're not interested in um, even vaccinations. They're not interested in, in a lot of prescription medication. Sometimes I actually have to talk them into, hey, you need this a little bit short term while we get you through the acute phase and are healing some of the other things that are going on with you. Um, and uh, put that in perspective, it can generally take between you know six months to a year to get somebody um, really back on a more even keel, but uh, rarely do we have a treatment failure. And um, you know, usually that's because somebody's not compliant or they've got somebody in their home that's, that's really kind of working against them. So, you know, but in terms of weight management, hormone therapy, uh, you know, putting all that back together again, yes, it's very different. And it, and it requires the patient doing a lot of work. Yeah, and that goes back to the importance of the partnership. It's uh, really a two-way street with this. I, I tell my patients a lot of times, let's look at it in terms of flying a plane. You're flying the plane and I'm your air traffic controller. I'm going to tell you what altitude you need to be at, you know, how much lift you need to get off the ground, you know, what, what, what speed you need to be at for cruise, if you need to bank right or bank left. But ultimately, you're flying the plane. You need to do what I tell you, but you need to know what those instruments mean. So it's really, it's really a lot of education and a lot of trust between the patient and the provider. Yeah, and I'm sure in a lot of cases that uh, makes clients even feel better that they have a little bit more control over mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Uh, like you said, they are in that in the in the pilot seat uh, in the cockpit flying that plane. Um, do you have a, a favorite success story for from your practice? I do. I actually have a friend of mine who is um, a colleague as well, and um, a urologist in town who called probably four or five years ago and said, I just need you to fix my wife. She's a lovely woman. I adore her and she's crazy. And I said, well, she may be crazy, but just because she's crazy doesn't mean she isn't also sick. So he told me a little bit about what's going on with her and she wasn't crazy at all. Um, She had PCOS and she had some GI tract issues but she was overly medicated to the point that they were getting ready to um, do some inpatient psychiatric work with her. Wow. So she came in and we saw each other about once a week for the first six weeks. Um, But I did all of her lab tests, found out that she, even as a younger person in her, you know, mid forties, um, she was at that point, you know, early 40s, mid 40s. She was, she was almost entirely in menopause at that point. We're seeing that younger and younger now, um, perimenopause. And so she had almost no progesterone. She hadn't slept for months and months. Um, you know, the restorative power of sleep 
which is another one of the things that we look at. Um, when, when you don't have sleep, you don't have dopamine, you don't have growth hormone. So this is again, you know, the, the incredibly restorative power of sleep and, and getting people um, back to optimal. Um, so, you know, we had to really work at, you know, first healing her gut, getting some progesterone on board to level out because her estrogen, which was everywhere, um, sort of a no man's land of estrogen, which can, is very pro-inflammatory, can um, cause clotting unopposed with progesterone, um, you know, of your hormones. It, it's, it's, it's your bad boy um, and can really wreak havoc with your system. Um, so we gradually started healing her gut. We looked at what her gut microbiome was, did some testing there, started giving her the right probiotics, the right kind of food, getting her sleep back, um, optimized with proper dosing on progesterone. She wasn't so anxious during the day. We had a combination of oral and then transdermal or topical cream progesterone. Um, we gave her a little bit of testosterone um, and, you know, gradually we optimized her thyroid hormone. She'd been completely overdosed on thyroid hormone. Um, so we started dialing these things back and then gradually we saw, I saw her about every two to three weeks and then once a month. And she has now turned into one of my dearest friends and biggest pals and she is a top performing real estate agent um, with a thriving business. Wow, that is a great success story. And it really shows that level of partnership that you keep uh, referencing, which is, uh, it's great to see through an example. So now shifting gears a little bit to, obviously we've talked a lot about what the specialty entails, but for those who are listening at home who might now be interested in pursuing that specialty, what are the steps that either a nursing student or a practicing nurse can take today? And what's that process look like to become uh, specialized in this area? So this whole area, again, I go back to the evidence. Um, we have to be absolutely clear that we are looking at evidence. And so the first thing that per a person going into integrative medicine needs to realize is that you're going to need to know your biochemistry. Much of this goes back to the endocrine system and that is a complex system. So I would say, number one, understand diabetes, understand insulin resistance, understand all of your hormones, revisit those kinds of things. And then how do you do that? Okay, so get those basics back, dust off those books and um, look there. And then there are a few organizations that will offer some evidence-based professional level, um, continuing education, uh, conferences, seminars, and webinars. Um, one of them is the Institute for Functional Medicine. So that's ifm.org. That, that is emerging as one of the um, top professional groups. The other one is the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, and that has everything from stem cells, which I also utilize in my practice, that and platelet-rich plasma um, for, for looking at joint health and, and uh, healing of all kinds of wounds, um, and that is the letter 
A, the number four, and the letter M.com. So American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. And they have probably about four or five different fellowships. Um, I have one of those in metabolic medicine. So that's A4M.com. And then if you look at the Board of Integrative Medicine, which is boim.org, another um, certification, um, professional certification program for MDs and nurse practitioners and nurses. Um, <clears throat> then there's the American Holistic Nurses Association, AHNA, and they actually have a credentialing body. And so you can find them as well online. Um, and, and those would be some of the things that I would say, those are great places to start. And I would suggest going to one of their larger conferences and just kind of saying, okay, this is in my area. Um, this is a, a well-recognized specialty group. And, um, you know, look at the vendors, go to just a, a a wide variety of the different workshops that they have as part of their conference. And uh, then you can kind of branch off and say, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm into cardiac care. I actually work out of a cardiology clinic as well for integrative medicine. It's interesting that the cardiologists are now seeing the value of hormone replacement and, you know, testosterone works on muscles, heart's a muscle, um, and the crossover between cardiovascular disease and diabetes and other metabolic disorders. So it's, it's becoming, you know, a, a little bit more mainstream. Um, and, uh, you know, it's always interesting when, when the physicians are asking the nurse practitioners to say, can you tell me a little bit more about how this works? You absolutely have to know your science cold. So um, go to some of these conferences and it will be um, very, very science-based, very science-based. And um, that, those would be the, the best places to start. Many of them have webinars um, and online training as well. Well, super interesting and a lot of great resources to utilize. So anyone is listening, be sure to uh, check out those, uh, those resources online. And uh, like Susan said, attend any conferences you can and know your science colds to, if you're interested in, uh, in this field. So uh, Susan, I want to thank you so much for coming on to the show and talking to us about integrative medicine and your practice and some examples. It's all been, uh, like I said, I think I use this word 50 times, but incredibly interesting. Uh, so uh, thanks so much for coming on to the show. And we'll, uh, as always, have to have you back again as a guest on a future episode. Thank you so much. Yep. It's a fascinating area. Yeah, absolutely. More every day. Yeah. <laughs> Terrific. Uh, and for those of you who are listening at home, as always, if you are preparing for the NCLEX, I want to remind you to check out our resources at kaplannursing.com, whether you are interested in a, uh, a full course or interested in our, uh, our QBank products or computer adaptive tests or NCLEX channel. You have a lot of great resources on there for you to review and prepare for the NCLEX exam. And as always, if you have not yet subscribed to our podcast, please be sure to subscribe and uh, share the podcast out with, uh, with your friends and peers in nursing school and nursing practice. And uh, be sure to leave us a rating 
and a comment in the iTunes store. And lastly, uh, be sure to reach out to us and connect with us on, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You'll find us at uh, Kaplan and Clex Prep on all of those channels. As always, I want to thank you all so much for listening to our podcast, and we look forward to seeing you again in a future prep cast.